Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods, yeah One in particular, I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock uh. Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett, yeah the man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, cultured in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Whoa. Fantasy round what is going on everybody welcome to another episode of the fantasy football roundtable podcast we are proud to be brought to you guys by the pigskin podcast network you can find them at pigskin podnet on twitter or you can search the hashtag tppn which we always hashtag when we go live as do all the other great podcasts that are part of this network they've got basketball football baseball, soccer, hockey, and even wrestling. So check them out for all of your sporting needs. We are here to discuss the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Probably one of the best weekends of the NFL season. Whoops, I just kicked my my table here. Uh, Lost my train of thought about that. Divisional round. Divisional round. Some of usually some of the best teams in the NFL still left. We should hopefully have four really good games this weekend. It is a Friday show, so I've got Dennis and Matt here with me. Oh, it's the, oh, man, Let's not great. jinx the games. All right, Last so, week we said we were gonna guys, have six great games and we got four this blowouts. Is, this has been a really great start to the show. We're gonna end this and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna restart the show. Dennis and Matt are always here with me in the offseason. This is not even the offseason. We're in the playoffs, technically, so we haven't even reached the offseason yet. So, gentlemen, I'm just going to shut up. How are you guys doing today? Man, I am both hot and cold. Cold because it's like 15 degrees here in Ohio, but hot because we've got Marcus Grant from NFL Network, NFL Fantasy coming on the show on Monday to talk some uh, fantasy football and some pop culture stuff that all of you guys get into and Hopefully someday, once my kids stop having so many events and all that fun stuff, I can get caught up. I'm going to be like 72 years old, and I'll be like, hey, do you guys see that new Spider-Man Metaverse thing? 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's not even accurate. No. Oh well. What are you gonna do, right? Just say Spider-Man. Right. Yeah, uh it's it's been a time. Uh you know, we had no uh, snow really in the fall, which was weird. Uh, now we've been in these weird cycles. This is the second Friday in a row, um, you know, which are my days off that I kind of look forward to where it was like, oh, cool. Snowstorm. It's not too bad, but definitely not in the outside time uh, that I'm enjoying. I am hoping that this weekend's games um, are a little bit better and also that I don't have any personal injuries while doing laundry. Uh, since I'm not watching the Cowboys, I don't think I'll end up breaking my thumb this week, but you never can tell. Yeah. You know, who knows? Maybe you'll get very emotionally invested into one of these great games before we jump into the games though. A couple news items, Joe, something to the Giants. I, I honestly don't know how to spell his Showing. last name. How I pronounce Showing. it. Showing, yeah. Showing to the Giants. Will he bring Dayball with him, Matt? Um, I don't think Brian Dayball would want to go there. But who knows uh, with the Giants. Um, I don't know that much about the selection. So the Giants have a GM. Maybe at some point they'll actually have a team that's worth watching. Now, Shellen was the guy that kind of spearheaded the analytics movement in Buffalo. And so at face value, it looks like a great hire. Now, the Dayball question is another thing because reportedly Dayball is very interested in Miami and Tua. Mm -hmm. So, and the Giants just requested to talk to Brian Flores today, who's from Brooklyn, so it'd be a homecoming. Yeah. What what that means, whether or not it works, God only knows. But I feel like Schoen is going to modernize processes in New York. I don't know that it's – I don't expect a uh, Josh Allen type of leap from Dan, Daniel Jones by any stretch of the imagination, though. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, I guess, that they're going the analytic route after uh, Dave Gettleman uh, <laughs> did not uh, approve of analytics. Uh, was uh, well, very against I still it. think there's a chance they at least bring in competition at quarterback because, yeah, you know, coach and GM are gone. Daniel Jones hasn't been horrific, may not be all his fault, but he hasn't been that great either. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what the what the Giants will do. I hope. Well, I guess I don't really know where I want Flores to end up. I feel like I still think Flores is going to Houston. Well, speaking of Houston, reportedly they want McCowan. So I mean, well, they interviewed McCowan last year too, and nothing came of it. They like him, but I don't no, see that. It was reported today that they want somebody else to interview him to legitimize him as a candidate. Which mm-hmm. sounds very Easterby ish. You know, I like, mean they also are interviewing Heinz Ward, they're interviewing a whole bunch of yeah, weird picks. I still think that a lot of it's I still think it's gonna be Flores because they can't move to Sean Watson for anything of value. You might as well bring in a coach that would entice him to stay. Yeah. I mean if he wants to it stay. Might I mean, make yeah, sense. Has, yeah. He has the connection to to Casario, right? From from New England, oh, so New England, yeah. And he he seems to want to make that another 
New England light like everybody else does when they leave there. Ben McAdoo hired as the OC in Carolina. We talked a little bit about this on Monday when the rumors popped up about this. I'm a little torn. I mean, he wasn't bad when he was the OC, right? It was more like when he became the head coach and started slicking his hair back and wearing the suits that were really way too big for him is when things kind of went wrong. And then him benching well, Eli, which caused like all kinds of issues. But Well, personally, I think he should go with the slick back hair look at, and and – kind of be mean looking that's you know look look like you're a badass but his is uh see i pulled it up here uh he had the offenses ranked 10th and 8th overall in yards per from scrimmage uh according to rapaport uh in 14 and 15 when he was the oc so if he's not tasked with handling all the other stuff it seems like he may be a competent offensive coordinator what that means for sam darnold is a completely different thing because i i think the jury is pretty far out on whether or not darnold is a competent quarterback and i'm not buying uh, pj walker uh as his replacement so darnold would definitely have to to do some magic to get or uh mcadoo would definitely have to do some magic to get darnold back in the mix yeah, I mean, I think the pressure's really on Matt Rule. Um, oh, yeah. They've done pretty well nothing for three years. Their offense has been a mess. None of the quarterback kind of options that they've looked at have really gone anywhere. They took a huge all-in on Sam Darnold last year trading for him and picking up the fifth year option before they'd ever seen him play a game. And it, he didn't look bad in the first couple of games, but you know, Ben McAdoo has run some nice offenses before we thought Joe Brady was going to be a great hire for them. He had run some nice offenses before, but something about that didn't click, you know, at some point in time, you have to wonder if it's, you know, the head coach and not the offensive coordinator or something in the philosophy of the pieces, because it doesn't Matt rule have a lot of control about their player personnel as well. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So that would probably be Carolina. I, I had hopes that we were going to see him take a little step forward and they started out. Okay. But they, they fell off a cliff in a massive way from late October through the end of the season. You know, it's it's interesting because we were just talking about Brian Flores, and I kind of feel like with all the coaching issues on his staff that he's having, you could kind of say the same thing about Matt Rule. Like a lot of the things they said is Brian Flores wasn't getting along well with others. I mean, kind of feel like Rule's doing the same thing. I'm I'm curious to see what, what that looks like. I mean, I think they're going to draft a quarterback. I don't know that. Darnold maybe starts the year. I don't know that he finishes the year again as the Panthers quarterback. I think it was smart of them to pick up the fifth-year option regardless because he's cheaper than you're likely going to get most backups at because even most backups nowadays are close to seven, ten million, depending on how good the backup is. So still have him on his fifth-year rookie contract. They tried getting Cam Newton to end this season. Do you think next year, if Darnold has troubles, they'll just try bringing back Jake DeLome and see what happens? Can't Possibly. go worse than Cam Possibly. did. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, I, mean, Darnold, City lost I, I feel like you didn't see his last playoff game. Darnold is going to, he's going to basically be earning the job every week next year. And if he doesn't take that approach and he's going to need to get to the point, I think if he can get to that, I got to earn the job this week and do that every week. I think that's a Russell Wilson kind of mentality. I got to earn this job every week. And he goes out there, whether it's legitimate that he does or not. With Darnold, he's going to have to take that approach, and and he has to find the balance between taking chances that are going to win games and not making mistakes that are going to lose games. Speaking of coaches and GMs, Dennis, what's one way you can get help from the Dynasty Nerds GM to improve your teams this offseason? Well, do you want to dominate your Dynasty League? The Dynasty GM from DynastyNerds.com is the tool you need to get the job done. It integrates seamlessly with your MFL Sleeper, Flea Flicker, and FFPC Leagues. Use the League Analyzer to identify your team's strengths and weaknesses. Use the Trade Calculator to put together league-winning deals based on those actual strengths and weaknesses. You can find a trade partner that you've got something he needs and he, she's got something you need. So... Uh, Use the trade uh, the player shares tracker to keep track of your roster ship. Get exclusive rankings and more. Use code Roundtable for fifteen percent off the monthly or annual subscription. Bundle the Dynasty GM with the Nerd Herd and save even more. All right, let's talk a little bit about the games this weekend. And the first one up, I, I guess I won't say it because Matt doesn't want me to jinx it. 10-7 Cincinnati Bengals at the 12-5 Titans, Tennessee Titans. Matt, what do the Bengals need to do here to move on to the AFC Championship game? I think they need to keep that offense clicking. You know, we've seen them in, uh, you know, these, these stout tests, Week 17, when they faced off against the Chiefs. They had to get that passing game going, get that offense clicking. To get past the Raiders last week, they needed to get the offense clicking. I would like to see them get a little more balanced and be able to get Joe Mixon involved a little bit more. So it's not all on Joe Burrow and the pass offense, but we, we talked about AFC coming into the playoffs. It was going to be about which of these teams can get hot at the right time to carry them through. There weren't any dominant teams. And I think the way matchups broke, this works pretty well for Cincinnati of the top three seeds. They could have ended up having to visit in the second round. I'd probably be happier if I was a Bengals fan going to Tennessee than I would have been going to Buffalo or Kansas city. Yeah. I think Cincinnati is going to have to chuck it. Um, the Titans gave up the fewest fantasy points uh, in the league this year to uh, running backs. So for me, it kind of comes down. And, and I don't know how much of that is from the first eight weeks when they had Derrick Henry and people, teams were having to throw to try to keep up. But I feel like it's going to be a game where they're going to have to throw the ball to get a lead and keep the lead because the Titans' defense plays the run pretty well. And what you don't want to do is you don't want Henry grinding the ball. It's okay if he, for him to be grinding the clock if you've got a lead. But if you don't have a lead, it, it – that if the Titans have the lead and you're playing from behind and the Titans get the ball, you, you don't want, you don't want to be hoping, well, let's hope that Derek breaks a long one so we can get the ball back. Uh, that the Bengals lost Ogan Joby, you know, they've got some question marks on the interior of their defensive line. It's going to be a tough matchup. So Cincinnati is going to have to score when they get the ball. If they can score touchdowns and 
make plays to stop the Titans on some drives, then I think they can win it. I think that's what they're going to have to do. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to see what the Bengals' offense is going to look like. I mean, Dennis, you just mentioned they've got a score. They played much better at home than they have on the road this year, and they didn't really play that good last week against the Raiders, who I do think is not only an inferior team to the Bengals, but also an inferior team to the Titans. So this Titans defense is good. They're well-rested as well, likely getting their leader back in Derrick Henry uh, this game as well. I mean, Tennessee, I think, is going to be up for it at home as well. The Bengals are going to have to come and be firing on all cylinders to get this win. A couple of player props here on Cincinnati's side before we move to the Titans. So, Dennis, you said that you think that they are going to have to pass to win. Joe Burrow's over-under on passing yards right now is set at 268.5. Would you take the over-under? I'd take the over on it. Yeah, over. All right, so if you're taking the over, the wide receivers, Jamar Chase is sitting at 72.5, and T. Higgins I'll just give you all three. 72.5 receiving yards for Jamar Chase, 42.5 for Tyler Boyd, and 60.5 for T. Higgins. I'm pretty comfortable with the over for Chase. Uh, The other ones are are really good numbers that kind of give me pause a little bit. You know, Boyd and Higgins both can, can get that with one play. They don't get the volume typically that Chase does. And so that's what kind of makes me nervous. What was it? You said 68 yards for Higgins? 60.5. 60.5. You know, I'm probably going to hedge and go under on both. Well, yeah, because they've been really using C.J. Uzoma a lot. And they'll probably I have his have too. To- and I think I think I'd actually take twenty eight point five yards. Yeah, I think I'd take the over on him and the under on Boyd and and Higgins. I'm gonna take the over on Chase, the over on Boyd, the under on Higgins. Yeah, I'm torn on. I definitely think I'm taking the under on Higgins too, which probably means he's gonna be the one who definitely hits his over. Um, taking the over on Chase, I'm just torn between Boyd and Uzoma because I feel like one of them is gonna go over theirs. I just don't know which one. I'll bet on go Tyler Boyd, but I think it's going to be close. Dennis on Tennessee's side here, we you know we mentioned Derrick Henry is likely going to be back. He hasn't played practically the entire season. Pretty serious injury. He's coming back from as well. What are you expecting from him this weekend? I think if they're playing him, he's healthy. Uh, I I've found myself a lot this year looking at injured players and and thinking they're all Julio Jones. Oh, well, he's he's kind of healthy. He's healthy enough that he could play, but he might not get, you know, they might take it easy and ease him back in. But the reality is that the, the teams don't want to put somebody out there that's going to be a shell of themselves. And we've seen that time and again. I, I you know, I, I should have brought my big L board in because I – I'm taking the loss on Cam Akers. I I totally missed that. He came back, and he's looking really, really, really good. Uh, I think if Henry, you know, he came back from the Jones fracture. He's been out, what, 10 weeks now? He's had to recover from the surgery. I think if they're playing him, they believe he's ready to go, and and they're going to give him the ball. Uh, The only thing I think that's going to hamper Henry this game is Cincinnati getting a lead 
if Cincinnati can get up by two scores, then I think that puts pressure on Tannehill to make plays. Yeah, I mean, they the big – I don't know if you saw the post today. King Henry is back. You know, they made a big deal about activating him. Rabel said he's been getting stronger and stronger in practice. Then getting the first round by was the perfect – entree into the playoffs for Tennessee because that gave him just an extra week to get ready um, to come out. And he's a difference maker. That Tennessee offense is different when Henry's in there. I thought Donta Foreman did a nice job in their committee of backs, but nobody is quite Derrick Henry. And I saw what Josh Jacobs did against the Cincinnati Bengals front last week. The only one that stopped Josh Jacobs was the coaching staff who decided to forget that he was on the team. Mike Vrabel never forgets uh, that the running back is on the team. I think that's going to be a potential um, problem. Just as quickly as Cincinnati can go down and score with the pass, Tennessee can go grind on the run. I wouldn't be surprised to see them trading scores that way in this game. Well, with that being said, Derrick Henry's over-under is set at 75.5. Over. I'm taking the over, too. Taking the under. I don't know that he... I think Dante Foreman might be mixing more than we think right now. I know that I agree with what you were saying, Dennis, that we, we've seen these teams lean more toward not playing to these guys till they're healthy. I just don't know that he's really that healthy. I, I I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I'll hedge my bet on Derrick Henry there. I'm going to take the the under on that side of it. What about Ryan Tannehill? I mean, I feel like this is a fairly safe number for him, 220.5 passing yards. I think it, I'm going to take the under. I'm, I feel like it's like a 212 passing yard game because they're going to try to give give Henry the ball. If if they you know I feel like it's going to be a a one score game at the end, and it'll end up being both teams will kind of follow their their game script. Cincinnati will score with the pass, and the Titans are going to score with the run. Yeah, I'm going to take the ender for Tannehill too. And just as a point of reference for the last one, Josh Jacobs had 83 yards rushing on 13 carries. Interesting. I mean, I'm not, have- I'm just saying, like, if they only, even if they only gave Henry 12 to 15 carries, I think their line is better. And Ogan Joby's gone now. He was in for a significant part of that. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I like to lose money. It's what I'm good at. So I could be wrong. Uh, you guys uh, care at all about seeing what Julio Jones and AJ Brown do or, or just kind of Julio's at just- 41.5, AJ Brown 69. I'm going to be honest. They couldn't give me a number for Julio Jones where I'd ever be tempted to take the over. That dude has not been a non-factor. But Brown, I could see getting to 80 yards. So I'd probably take a nominal over on him. Yeah, I'd go the over on Brown. I probably wouldn't bet the over on Julio unless the number was set at like three or something. I mean, we've got three plays. A very, a very, a very, very savvy one here coming up that I, I think is a smash. Except, uh, with that all being said, I think I'm gonna take the Bengals. I, I, I said when the playoffs started, it was gonna be them and the Bills in the AFC Championship. I'm not changing my mind now. I think it's gonna be a really good game, but I'm gonna take the Bengals to win. Taking the Bengals also. 
I also took the Bengals, and Ricky Let's... also took the Bengals, which leaves me feeling like we've all congratulations, Titans. We'll see you next week. The ten and seven San Francisco 49ers at the thirteen and four Green Bay Packers. Matt, what do the 49ers need to do to get a win against Green Bay? They, uh, while some players missing on both sides in the game that they met earlier this year, uh, 49ers were uh, quite quite beat up in that game by the Packers. Yeah, and that was a really close game in San Francisco. They lost thirty to twenty eight. Was the last second rally from you know it looked like Jimmy G had done enough to win at the end, and they left thirty seconds. And Aaron Rodgers said, "Gotcha." I think the Forty ers the bit the best news for the Forty ers this week is that it looks like Nick Bosa is tracking to clear from concussion protocol because they need that full clear. yeah they need that full force of their defensive front. What they were able to do against Dallas was bottle up the running game and keep constant pressure on Dak to make him uncomfortable to force him to miss connections with his receivers. That is 100% what they're going to have to do against Green Bay. In that first game against Green Bay, Aaron Jones was able to run for 80, 90 yards and get a touchdown. Aaron Rodgers was able to throw it to Adams a dozen times for 150 yards and a couple of touchdowns. If that happens, they're not winning. They need to keep those guys in check, specifically the errands. They need to stifle the running game. They need to keep Rodgers under pressure. I mean, this is a game where it feels like every break that happens is going to have to go San Francisco's way or they're not going to win it. Uh, I just feel like they don't, they don't have the firepower and the talent to, to quite get over the hump against Green Bay, and they're playing up in Green Bay. Yeah, where it's supposed to be three degrees. Right. I don't know if a team from the California Bay is ready for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, they're all the the Packers are also getting back. Uh, who is it on the defensive line again? I'm Zedarius trying to remember. Smith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're getting Smith back. back I believe Tyre Alexander playing good. Well, yeah. I mean, Green Bay is coming all together right at the right time. I, which also. I don't know that they were this prohibitive of a favorite last year against Tampa Bay, but I know they were the favorite. And Tampa Bay still went up there and beat them. You can put some of that on Matt LaFleur if you want. But... I think the other one that you're thinking of is Jair Alexander came off IR. Yeah, that's what I said. I, Alexander's coming oh. back, too. I couldn't remember Smith. Smith was the one I couldn't yeah. remember. Yeah, yeah, I said when him and I was like, Jair's coming back as well. Yeah, it's – I don't know. This is the one game that I think is, like, the least likelihood to be a good game. I think the Packers have – got this but then we've seen them when they when it feels like they should easily win this game aaron Rodgers always waits for the nfc championship game to take a dump is that was that what it is i'm 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 getting a little ahead of myself okay well matt he's got one more week before he goes into the can you mentioned Devontae adams at 150 receiving yards in the last matchup he's sitting at 90.5 this week taking the over yes yeah, I think you're look you're looking at probably fifteen to seventeen targets especially, for Adams, especially with MVS is doubtful now. Uh, so you know, I know you didn't want to hear that. Lazard will be there, and Cobb came back, but I think Lazard's Adams will be the big play. sitting at thirty five point five. I kind of think with MVS out, I would take that on on Lazard. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I called him Lazard. Lazard. Yeah, yeah, you guys agree? I, I, yeah, that's probably a feasible bet. I mean. I, I when I look at what this offense might do, I, I feel like it's a dozen catches on fifteen to seventeen targets for Adams, fifteen carries for Dylan, 
and 15 touches for Jones and Jones getting a couple touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, if you figure Rodgers, I, I would guess minimum 250 to 275. If he went over 300, I wouldn't be shocked. You got 100, 125 probably for Adams. Lazard's probably in the 60 to 70 range, so I'm taking the over too. You mentioned 15 touches uh, for Jones and possibly 15 rushes for A.J. A. Dillon there, Dennis. So Aaron Jones sitting at 46.5 rushing yards. Would you take the over-under on that? And that's a really good number I, because I feel like he's going to do a lot of damage in the passing game. Um, I've got that too. It's very low, though, I think. Where'd it go? Oh, never mind. 22.5. So 26 yeah, rushing, 22 receiving. 46 oh, rushing, right? Oh yeah, yeah, sorry, forty six. Yeah, forty six yeah. rushing. Yes. I I think I I think I smash except on the the receiving over and fade the rushing. Yeah. So in the first game, Aaron Jones had nineteen carries for eighty two yards and a touchdown. He caught two passes for fourteen yards. I think the 49ers are going to try to focus on on bottling up. Um, they managed to do that pretty well with Elliott last week. So I would take the under on rushing, which is why I think they'll end up throwing a little more for Green Bay. What did Dylan do in the last game? Dylan in the last game had two catches for eight yards and six carries for 18 yards. Yeah. See, I think what what week was that? That was week three, and they ran for exactly 100 yards on 25 carries. Yeah, I feel like the offense has changed over the course of the season, and they've got a lot more confidence in Corey Dillon, and they like to let Corey Dillon. (laughs) I'm old. A.J. Dillon. (laughs) And and I think they they don't mind playing bully ball when they get the chance. So Rodgers in that game threw for 261 and two scores. Adams had 12 for 132 and a touchdown. MVS, three for 59 and a touchdown. Lazard, one catch, but 42 yards. So he would have made the over. So I kind of messed that up. Uh, Clearly, we were talking about the 49ers, and I gave you guys all the Packers ones. So let's discuss the 49ers really quick before we talk about the Packers. One that's very interesting to me, he's kind of been crappy, if we're all being honest with ourselves, for like the past five, six weeks. But George Kittle at 45.5 yards, because I feel like this defense is going to key in on Debo. Do you take a shot on George Kittle and his 45.5 receiving yards? I mean, does it matter if they key in on Debo? I mean, he's he's playing really, really well. So uh, 40, 40 what? How many yards? I'm going to take the over because I think the Packers are a little weaker in the center 45. than they will be on the outside. Yeah. I mean, and. Kittle only needs a couple catches to get that. Yeah, he was seven for ninety-two in week three. Okay, so I'd go the over. All right, Debo. He's obviously got two. He's got receiving and rushing. Receiving yards set at fifty point five, and rush yards he is at thirty-five point five. I'm probably gonna hedge towards the under on both of those, in part because I just feel like. It's going to be – I I think that Green Bay defense is going to contain them fairly well. I'm going to take the under on both as well. Um, Elijah Mitchell was not available when they played this game before, and I think he 
is going to handle a lot more of the rushing role. And I'm a little worried about Jimmy G. Uh, you know, I know they said he's been firing rockets in practice, but he already came in with that thumb injury. He jacked up his shoulder last week. He wasn't an incredible passer against Dallas, and I would wager in the cold won't be a lot better. My eye will not stop itching, and this is driving me insane. The I over again. Probably. Uh, I do think. How would you wish that? I didn't wish it on him. I think. Why would you put that? The over on Debo's receiving, because I do think he's going to be the main weapon there besides Kittle. The one that I'm for sure smashing in this game is Debo Samuel 0.5 touchdowns. I think there's no way he doesn't score in this. Do you guys agree? Okay, cool. Not as not as not as sold as I thought you guys were now, gonna be. I, I think they're gonna get it. I mean, uh what the, the Packers give up about the eleventh most fantasy points uh to wide receivers. So let's see how that translates into yardage. More, so more it, like bottom half yardage wise. In the in the first matchup, looking at the stats, it would Say to me that they might have uh, focused on Ayuk because or on Samuel because Brandon Ayuk, even though he wasn't much of a factor early in the season, had four catches for 37 yards and a touchdown in their first matchup. I actually would lean more toward Ayuk or Kittle or even a rushing touchdown than Samuel. I think that he's a player they're going to focus on for Green well, Bay. He could get a rushing <laughs> touchdown as well. It's just it's any touchdown. Well and. He did. He was pretty well the catalyst that trashed the Cowboys, and I think Green Bay doesn't want to let that happen. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Like I said, I'm sure he's the one they are focusing in on. The Packers finished as the top seed. Matt, what do you expect from Aaron Rodgers in this one? I mean, you've already mentioned kind of what he did to them last time. Are we are yeah. we going to see a repeat of that this weekend? I think, you know, so as Aaron Rodgers goes, so go the Packers against the 49ers. A couple of years ago, it was the struggle of Rodgers, both in the regular season game when he was missing a lot of receivers, but again, when they returned in the playoffs in that NFC championship game that that really doomed the Packers and let the 49ers win. But on the flip side, it was Rodgers' poise and ability to deliver earlier this season that helped them to upend the 49ers and to come back and win. I think he... He's been playing well this season. I think he wants to win. I think he wants to get to the Super Bowl, so arguably he can um, sit out to punish the NFL. At least that was the rumor, right? So, uh, but I think he's gonna. I think he'll deliver um, pretty well. I don't know if I. You know, the 49ers have a decent defense. I don't know if we see him go over 300 yards, but he doesn't need that to help them win, as we saw in the regular season game. I missed the question. My bad. What do you expect about from Rodgers? Do you expect well, him to repeat his performance from earlier in the year? Um, you know, it's going to be cold. I think they're going to rely on the run game a little more. So, you know, I like him for 250 and a couple touchdowns, maybe three touchdowns, but not long ones unless somebody just happens to catch a short pass and slip away. Yeah, uh, I mean – I, I already said I don't think this is really going to be a good game. I think a lot of that's going to be because Aaron Rodgers kind of goes ham here. So I I think he's going to have a really good game. All in on a Devontae Adams as well. And I'm taking the Packers to win the game. So am I. 
I also am taking the Packers. All right, Dennis. I just mentioned that I like to lose money, but if you don't like to lose money, if you like to win money, what's one way you can win money this weekend? Well, I know I'm going to log into my DraftKings account and put a little money, build me a couple lineups. We're on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds. You heard me, 56 to 1 odds on any team. Just bet $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the action of the divisional round. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just Bet just five. Sorry, it's jumping on me a little bit here. Uh, bet just five dollars. Uh, where where did I lose it? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN and get fifty-six to one odds on any NFL team. Bet just five dollars and win two hundred and eighty in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TPPN for fifty-six to one odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambler, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Man, that had to be the worst read I've ever done. Hey, you know what? The way I started off this show is bad, so we're just it's just par for the course for this episode. It's the weather. Definitely. The 12 and 5 Los Angeles Rams are going to play Tampa Bay at in Tampa Bay, the 13 and 4 Buccaneers here. Dennis, can Sony Michelle and Cam Akers get the running game going against the Rams and do the Rams against the Rams? They play for the Rams, so I hope they're not doing it against their own team. Can they get it going against the Buccaneers? And do the Rams need it to win the game? I I think they do. They need to have a balanced attack. Um I don't know if I'm expecting them to rush for 130 yards, 150 yards, but they have to be effective. They, I, I don't think you can have Cam and Sony both come out of this game averaging, you know, 1.8, 2.3 yards per carry, and expect to have been super competitive. Uh, Cam looked good last week. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a loser, baby. So why don't you kill me? It's a uh, it, it, it's it's a marvel what he's doing. And they're likely to get Henderson back this week, I believe, too. I, I think having three running backs in the mix is going to be a little bit too much. But I like the one-two punch they have going on with Cam and Sony. Yeah, Henderson, they have not pulled off of IR yet. I don't know if they – he was designated to return. It says now the update that he will not be available in Tampa Bay, so at least that clarifies. Um, but I, I think they will get something going with, with Michelle and Akers. In that first matchup that they played in week three, um, Sony Michelle was able to run for 67 yards, which may not sound like a lot, but it's a stout – 
Tampa Bay front, and they were able to run for 76 yards as a team. That kind of provides at least enough balance to not put all the pressure on Matthew Stafford and the passing offense. I think that's what they are going to need to do. I mean, I think they need to do that, especially with Whitworth being banged up. But whether they can or not is another question. Yeah, Whitworth has actually been ruled out now, which is kind of a bummer. And Taylor Rapp's still out as well. Yeah, I definitely think they need Akers um, and Michelle here to have at least a decent game. We've seen, you know, at times Matt Stafford struggled this season with everything on his shoulders. It was good to see him get that first playoff win this next last week. I'm hoping they continue to do that here against Tampa Bay. But as a, you know, Tampa Bay's got a very good run defense. So there's going to be a lot here on them. If they can't get it going and they have to rely on Matt Stafford here at least a little bit, Dennis. Your guy coming up from deep, well, I guess technically going down from Detroit. 272.5 passing yards over under. I, I feel like I'm going to take the over because I picked the Rams at the beginning of the year to make it. And if they're going to, if they're going to beat Tampa Bay, Stafford is going to have to go over. You know, they've got three great weapons in Cup and Beckham and Jefferson that spread the field. Higby does well in the middle of the field. So I feel like they're going to have to put up an offense. Uh, they're going to have to put up points, and they're going to do it through the air uh, for the most part. So I'm taking the over. Yeah, in the first matchup that these two teams played, Brady threw for 432, and Stafford went for 343 and four touchdowns. I'm taking the over as well. As am I, and with that, you've got two of his top wide receivers. You're taking me over in either one of these receiving yards before we move on to Tampa Bay. Cooper Cup at 95.5 and Odell at 42.5. Yeah, I like the over on both of those. Cup was 9 for 96 in their first matchup, so they must have looked at that when they did the the over-under. I think that's kind of close because we've seen as you saw like Arizona wasn't an incredible defensive performance by any stretch but they were keying in on Cooper Cup which I I like the over on Odell and you know I don't know what a Higby over under would be but his probably would be a decent over I feel really keying on Cooper Cup because of the season that he had Tampa Bay doesn't have any incredible um, pass defenders but they have a decent pass defender I it's almost a push for me on Cup, but I'm going to lean the slight under. I think he could get between between 85 and 95 yards. Wouldn't surprise me. I'm not sold that he goes over 100. Yeah, I mean, it's just a reminder to anybody who does these. You usually have to pick like three to five, so you don't have to go over if you don't want to. We're just giving you guys different options for all these games. I'm with you guys on Odell. I'm definitely take the over on him. I actually wouldn't bet the Cooper Cup one because I'm, I'm, I think that's like way too close. That, that's one you're going to be like sweating out to the last oh, minute. Yeah. He'll it's either get 85 or 97 yards. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Matt, you asked about Tyler Higby, so I'll actually give you two because if they're keying in on Cooper Cup, maybe Matt Stafford not only pivots to Tyler Higby, who's at 40.5, maybe to Van Jefferson, who's sitting at 33.5. Would you take the over on either one of those? Yeah, so in the first matchup that they had, that was actually the DJX game. He caught three for 120 and a touchdown. That's kind of a role that Van Jefferson's gone into. And we saw last week, all it takes is one for him to clear 35 yards. So I probably would take the over on him. Higby is a struggle. He was five for 40 in the first matchup. He was 
good last week. Every I feel like this is giving me PTSD from our season because every time we pushed our chips in and put Tyler Higby back in the top ten, he like boned us. But I'm gonna say over on Higby as well. Yeah, I I, I probably if I'm looking at it, I would it. It's Cup and Higby are the close ones for me that that I have to make the decision. And I like Cup's consistency a lot better. I have a lot more faith in Cup's consistency and his ability to do it. So I'm going to take the under on Higby. And, and Jefferson, it's only going to take a couple passes. So. Yeah, I feel more comfortable with Jefferson than I do Higby because of what you just mentioned there, Matt. He went off last week, which likely means he's he's not doing it again this week. He he's he if if he is consistent, it's that he's inconsistent. Dennis Leonard Fournette's uh, possible return here. Ronald Jones is out. How will this impact the Bucks' offense? Uh, well, Leonard is Mister Reliable nowadays. You know they know they can put him in there, and he's going to get the tough yard. He's going to, you know, average four yards a carry. He's going to pick up the blitz. He's going to catch a few passes. Uh, I think they've got a lot of faith in what Leonard does now. Uh, he's kind of, it's like if you were to have taken Ronald Jones and Gio Bernard and smashed them together, you'd come up with Leonard Fournette. So I think that uh, Fournette's the, if I have to play a running back from Tampa this week, Fournette's the guy. Yeah, Fournette was practicing again today. They designated him to return. They haven't removed him from IR yet, which is going to be something to really watch carefully. They have a little less than 24 hours to make that designation. If they don't, it's going to be Bernard and Keyshawn Vaughn again, Which, in which case I think that could be a trouble spot for Tampa Bay. They could not get the running game going when these two teams played before. Uh, they had 13 carries for 35 yards as a team. Tom Brady was the leading rusher with 14, carry, 14 yards on three carries. This was early in the season, a little bit before Fournette kind of took off and established that running presence. I think that has made a big difference for Tampa Bay. And if they can't get the running game going, that's a lot of pressure to put on Brady, who doesn't have a Godwin, doesn't have Antonio Brown. Cyril Grayson still isn't practicing with that hamstring injury. It gets thin in the passing game weapons. I think they need to get a rushing game presence back, and Leonard Fournette would be a huge bonus for that. I agree. So the two props here for Tampa Bay before we pick the game, Tom Brady at 283.5 yard passing yards and Rob Gronkowski at 60.5 receiving. What was Brady's number again? 283.5. I think I'm going to take the under. I, I think that, you know, Tampa works and, uh, oh, their other tackle are both banged up. I think that's going to – Brady's – he might not take a lot of sacks, but he's going to throw a lot of short passes. And so I, I tend to lean towards the under on that. And Gronk was what now? 60.3, I think. Let me pull that one back up. What? No, it would be that 0.5. Feels, they're always 0.5s, but – That feels like it, it's – 60.5, yeah. He's going to get like 20 yards or 85 yards probably. Uh, that's where I am with Gronk. I'm. I don't know. I. I. I think. I don't think I'd bet that one. I. I. I just. It feels like he should get a lot of targets, but can he get sixty yards? Maybe. But. 
I'm going to take the over on Gronk, but the under on Brady. I think he's going to be more in the 250, 275. The last time they played, though, he did throw for 432 yards. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I wouldn't bet either one because I really don't. I feel like this could be very much a Leonard Fournette game. But then I also could see if Matt Stafford goes out there and is dropping bombs like he did on Arizona, and all of a sudden they're up a couple scores, Brady's going to come out slinging it as well. I'm going to take the Rams to win it, though. I don't feel great about that pick. This is the one that I really think could go – these two, actually. The two games on Sunday, I think, could legitimately go either way. I don't feel great about either of the winners I'm picking, but I'm taking the Rams. I'm taking the Rams as well. I think we missed the biggest Tampa Bay prop, which is over under 0.5 players smacked in the helmet by Bruce Arians. Take the over. Always take the over. No, I'll probably take I'm, the under now because he just got fined. Take the over next week. I'm also taking the Rams. All right. The game that I think everybody's going to look, be looking forward to this weekend, the 11-6 Buffalo Bills at the 12-5 Kansas City Chiefs. Matt, the Bills were red hot last week. Can they keep it up? I mean, not just red hot last week. Josh Allen was on fire last time these two played as he yep. beat up on the Chiefs. Does he keep it going? Yeah, Josh Allen went for 303 touchdowns, ran for 59 and another touchdown when the Bills went into Kansas City and beat uh, the Chiefs in week five of the regular season. He threw five touchdowns last week. It was really good. I still think the big difference down the stretch to help the Bills close 4-1 and one and really help them dominate in the playoffs is getting an, a consistent running game going with Devin Singletary, who had 81 yards and a couple of touchdowns. I like Buffalo's offense. I think Allen uh, and Singletary will be a good matchup again. Yeah, I, I like the Singletary matchup, and it's I, I'm still trying to figure out, like, what happened in mid-season of what is this year four for him, year three for him, for, to make Dayball, Dayball, yeah, and and uh, McDermott all of a sudden go? You know, we should give this guy the ball more. He's he's been playing well for three and a half years. We should probably give him the ball two and a half years. I, I you know, they've they've gotten it. The Buffalo has an explosive offense with Davis and Diggs. Knox is. Uh, uh, come on this year at tight end. And I think Singletary is sort of just the cherry on top that has provided balance that they did not have the first couple of years with Josh Allen. And Allen has gotten to where he trusts Singletary to get stuff done too. So I, I love the, the Singletary play. Yeah, I mean, on Singletary, I think a lot of it is they're finally giving him the shot. I mean, year one, in fairness to him, when he started taking over that backfield, if I'm remembering correctly, it was around week three or four, and then he injured, I believe it was his hamstring. I remember he pulled something, and then Frank Gore went out there and was leading that team. That was kind of the year that Allen really started blowing up, and everybody was like, oh, wow, the, this Bills team is actually good. And then last year they get Zach Moss. They never really gave him the chance to be the guy. And they did it to be start this season either. It, it took for whatever, that breakout game, whatever it was, they finally they were finally convinced to do it. I'm glad they did because he he's been phenomenal. If you were, you know, smart enough to hold on to him, it, it's paying dividends now at this point. So Devin Singletary rushing yards is sitting, I believe it was oh, I gotta go back to it. I was looking at Dawson Knox's really quick. Fifty seven point five rushing yards over under. I feel like I'm taking the over. I'm going to take the over as well. All right. And then Josh Allen passing yard sitting at 269.5. 
I, I I'm going to take the over there because I feel like uh, Casey's offense is explosive to the point where Allen is going to have to make some plays in there. Yeah, I'm going to take the over as well. As am I on both of those for Kansas City. Dennis, what do the Chiefs need to do to advance in their fourth straight AFC championship game? You know, Mahomes has been playing a little more under control the last, I don't know, half to third of the season. I know they went on a long winning streak uh, about you know, six games, seven games in. Uh, but he's kind of gotten away from everything has to be a sidearm underhanded throw between the legs of four people. And he's just settled back in. The running game is picked up regardless of who's playing now. doesn't matter if it's Gore, McKinnon, CEH, or Williams. Uh, I think the biggest thing is their styles are different enough that it does change a little bit what they can do. You know, Gore isn't as explosive. Well, Williams isn't either, but Williams is a better receiver than Gore. Uh, McKinnon is a really good receiver, and he's looked really explosive. You know, taking a couple years off has been really good for his legs. Uh, so I feel like they're going to have to give McKinnon the ball just because he's been playing so well and providing a spark that the other backs haven't. Uh, you know, you and then Kelsey and Hill are doing their thing. Uh, Pring, Byron Pringle has come on and become quite the red zone threat now too. So it, it'll be sort of status quo for the Kansas City Chiefs. Throw the ball to set up the run. Uh, try not to make mistakes. If you make a mistake, ah, oh, well, screw it. We'll overcome it. And let the defense be opportunistic. Yeah, I actually think the, the things that kind of got Kansas City righted and got them back on track for that eight-game winning streak was establishing a running game to balance the passing game to give them some offensive balance and the defense doing a good job of holding the opposition down and actually creating turnovers. And I think those are going to be the real keys. We know what Mahomes is and what he can do and what Kelsey can do and what Tyree Kill can do and what those pass receivers can do. That defense is going to have to disrupt the Buffalo offense and they need some running game to keep the defense of Buffalo honest. Yeah, I mean, we... Kansas City has looks like a different team right now than where they were earlier in this season, right? Week five, especially that defense. I think the offense was was for the most part fine for Kansas City, but that defense is much different than the team they faced earlier in the year. Matt, you just mentioned like this defense has really got to attack Kansas City, and I really think that they do because we keep talking about how improved this defense has been here lately, but they played the incredible offenses of the Panthers the Patriots, and that was, I believe, Mac, the Mac Jones three-pass game, the Falcons, and then the Jets, and then Patriots again here in the last round of the playoffs. They haven't really played a really That second Patriots game was 33-21. Uh, Jones did throw. They were able to force some turnovers. Oh, right, right, right. But... Yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah, but outside of that, though, they haven't really played a I mean even that I mean, no offense to Mac Jones because I think he's been phenomenal like that's not a great offense right now they haven't played a really good offense except for the Buccaneers and that was the game they lost in overtime so I think that defense but, is going to have their go ahead so they did but so that was the thing for them they forced 
two fumbles and two interceptions yeah. against Kansas City in Kansas City in that first game. That's <clears throat> I think that's for Kansas City. If Kansas City wants to win, they can't have those kind of mistakes. But you know, that's what they're gonna have to watch out for because when Buffalo's defense has been good, they've been getting in there and been disruptive. When they've been bad, it's like, are they even on the field? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to be a very interesting back and forth between those two. Uh, so I'm going to give you the receiving yard props first because the Patrick Mahomes one, if you don't bet it, there's something wrong with you. 67.5 receiving yards for both Hill and Kelsey. I'm probably taking the over on those. I'm taking the over on Kelsey and the under on Hill. On Patrick Mahomes, 0.5 pass yards. Are you thinking about it or are you just taking Wait. it? It's, it's the free square of the week. That's why. Oh. That's why. It's, I was going to yeah. say, oh my God. Yeah, it's it's the free square of the week. It's Technically, it's at 271.5. I'd still take the over on that, but it's 0. .5 because it's the free square of the week. So, yeah. If you don't take the over, you're insane. Taking the bills. You know, I have struggled back and forth with this one. That's why I haven't put it on the sheet yet. I'm, I, I just don't know where to go. And and I guess I'm gonna flip a coin and and take uh, I'll take Kansas City. Yeah, that's probably a good sign that you went different because it's always scares me when we're in lockstep on all of these games. And to this point in time, we, we've been pretty uniform. I picked the Bills as my AFC team into the Super Bowl. Um, I'm gonna stick with them. I liked what they did when they went into Kansas City. I think they after going through the Valley in the middle of the season, it feels like they got their mojo back. All right. Yeah. So I picked the Browns, so I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. I mean, Hey, I, I did pick the Packers to make it and win it. So I've still got a little bit of hope left. Uh, well, I picked the Cowboys, so no one's perfect. <laughs> that'll, uh, that will do it for, I mean, yeah, but if, if we're talking AFC wise, I did technically pick it to be, I believe, well, I, no, I picked the Browns to lose in this round to Baltimore. I think I had it Bills Baltimore. But obviously Baltimore and I had it Baltimore Green Bay in the Super Bowl. I remember that. So that's not looking great obviously. But uh, that will do it for us today. We're going to save our rookie profiles for next week since we're already sitting at an hour. Probably next Friday's episode since, as Dennis mentioned, he was able to secure Marcus Grant's coming along. We're going to talk a little football and Marvel. We'll let you know, Dennis, enjoy all the football talk and then me and Matt will kind of pepper him with some Marvel now, questions. So What you're saying is, Dennis, you have approximately 60 hours, which is probably just enough time for you to watch all the Marvel movies. Forget football. You'll don't figure sleep. it out. Yeah, don't don't, don't forget sleep. football. Forget sleep. <laughs> Just as much caffeine I'll, I'll, as you can. I'll play them in my sleep. So I actually I take it back. Sixty point five hours. I just thought about. There's over thirty movies. There's no chance. <laughs> That's probably true. you know. But he can probably. There's probably a couple we can mention. He can skip and come back to later. That you know don't don't matter as much. But yeah, if Thor is in the title and it doesn't have Ragnarok, don't watch it. <laughs> yeah. So there, there's two right there. That's like five, six hours you can knock off right there. So now we're down to 54. So we're making it happen. We're getting close. We just got to knock out a couple. Just more. Type in the words Avengers. It's four movies. You can do it. I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can find the cliff notes. <laughs> I'm sure they're out there somewhere. All right, guys, that'll do it for us today. Enjoy the divisional round weekend, and we will talk to you guys again on Monday. Prepare for 
glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Only tackle in the corner. Who can make a play? I can't. Who can make a play? I can't.